Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who loves talking about the Cleveland Browns more than his own favorite team, Brendan Siegel. How you doing? Look, uh, normally this is not true. However, after uh, our Thursday night game uh, where the Ravens really uh, uh, didn't do well, I had another phrasing of words that I'm not going to choose to say on this podcast, but uh, after this, this, this past game against the Dolphins, I'd rather talk about any other team uh, than the Ravens. Um, of course, as always, uh, welcome back the third member of this podcast who was not with us the previous week. That is Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic, Brendan. I'm so happy to be here because, yes, I too agree with Trevor. I think for whatever reason, man, you just, you're just you obsessed with Browns fans. You really are. It's like kind of weird, but you're just obsessed with them. I think if you had a choice like, and you could be in a room with you and 99 other Browns fans, that's like your heaven right there, man. Like that is your goal in life is just be is just to like be able to go at it with ninety nine Browns fans. I think you would love nothing more than that, Brandon. I think you would. I think you would thrive in that scenario because you'd be smarter than all of them, obviously. Anyway. Yeah, I agree with that. That, that the last part there. Uh, you know, not a lot of IQ points in in that group. Uh, but no, I would not. I would not be happy to be in that presence because I'm in that presence every day. That is true. You I'm are. In, <laughs> That's I'm, your I'm life. I'm in hostile territory. That that is what I that live every life. single day. Yeah. So, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's, it's just a rough go. It's just a rough go. Uh, but we have an uh, action-packed podcast this week as we have college basketball starting, more NBA, NFL, college ba- uh, football, which we probably won't talk about college football too much because we're recording this a day early, so we don't have this week's college football games. But that is okay. Let's start off in college basketball. Uh, we're just going to throw this one over to Trevor to start us off with the Champions Classic. Yeah, so we had the Champions Classic on Tuesday. It was amazing. I love the Champions Classic uh, every year. Um, we had a really good one a couple years ago um, when we all got to watch together um, in the comfort of Brandon and Ben's apartment um, where we watched Zion and RJ completely destroy the Kentucky Wildcats. That was a, a very mm-hmm. fun game to watch. And now a few years later, we cannot watch all uh, in the same room, which is unfortunate. But regardless, we can talk about it here Very sad. on the podcast. Um, and the first yeah. game to talk about is Kansas and Michigan State. Kansas uh, third ranked in the uh, preseason top 25. Michigan State is not ranked at all in the top 25. Um, and Kansas won this game 87-74. Uh, a lot of turnovers from Michigan State in this game overall. Clearly, um, you know, Tom Izzo, you know, he's trying to get this team uh, up to speed, they have some younger players. They they have some upperclassmen as well, but a lot of turnovers here for Michigan State. They had 16 total in this game to Kansas's nine. Um, and Kansas, really, the standout was uh, Oche Abaji, who had 29 points in this game. He was just absolutely outstanding. You know, he's been a player who's you know gotten a lot of minutes for for a few years now. I mean, he's he's been a starter for the past couple of years for Kansas. Here, um, has played under Bill Self. Now he's a senior. Um, and he had really uh, just an absolutely sensational performance against Michigan State on Tuesday. It was really the standout. You know, with Kansas, there was a lot of talk about, like, uh, Remy Martin transferring over from Arizona State. Like, oh, is Remy Martin going to be the best player on this team? Uh, some people would mention, no, it's going to be David McCormick, uh, the starting center, that's going to be actually be the standout from this Kansas team. He's going to be the best player. But actually, Oche Abachi might be. I mean, this is only one game, of course. Um uh, but he was clearly the best player for Kansas on Tuesday. He was the best player on the floor for Kansas. And just really the big takeaway there uh, was how sensational he was with Michigan State, uh, you know, shooting the ball three of six from three, nine of 17 overall. 
just an awesome performance there. Remy Martin is definitely a player who uh, in the first half was a little cold um, and then kind of got it going in the second half. Definitely, you know, Remy Martin is a player who at Arizona State, he can really just like score at will and he can get it going. You know, he likes to play with a lot of pace. And now with Bill Self, um, you know, they, they have a little bit more of like a half court type, you know, system, more ball movement than maybe an Arizona State type team does. So that that's something now that Remy Martin's kind of learning and learning how to kind of fit in with, you know, some of these other talented players that he has um, alongside him where he can still try to, you know, thrive, you know, as this uh, great scorer, good shooter can really get hot. And in the second half, we kind of saw him start to get the hang of it there for Kansas. On the Michigan State side, um, really, I think the standout for me was probably A.J. Hogard, um, who off the bench had 17 points, 8 of 13 shooting. Uh, he was really good in this game. Just really, you know, made it a point to get to the basket, attack, uh, kept driving um, because Michigan State was having trouble, you know, generating, you know, good offense in the same way that Kansas was, and he was kind of, you know, keeping a minute for a while. Uh, but a good game here. Kansas definitely has a lot of things, or Kansas fans definitely have a lot of things to look forward to this season. Uh, Michigan State, I think it's definitely going to take some time with them. Um, but we've seen in the past Michigan State teams that have struggled a lot in the regular season, and then they maybe they've made a run in March. You know that's happened a couple times. Um, maybe not as much as like a Syracuse, but that's something that you know with Tom Izzo you can't fully count them out. So that was that game. Uh, the next game we had a little more interesting was Duke and Kentucky, and this game was more interesting. Well, number one, these teams are, are both ranked inside uh, the top ten, I believe. I think number nine and number ten. I want to say. Um, and also they have more uh, highly regarded like NBA prospects uh, between the two teams, one of which is Paulo, Paolo Bancaro, um, the forward for Duke, who really um, just kind of shined in this game. Uh, you know, he just really had a lot of NBA moves. And it's weird because, you know, Paolo Bancaro, he's, he's wearing number five. He's playing for Duke. There was a little bit of like R.J. Barrett I saw. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't see a lot of comparisons from other people making, comparing him to R.J. Barrett. I saw a little bit of that, though. Like, just like in the way that he's, you know, uh, a couple of the fadeaways, turnaround jumpers, stuff like that. He had 22 in this game, 7 of 11, got to the free throw line. Just really solid. And um, if Duke, you know, wants any shot of winning a title, Paolo Bancaro uh, has to be incredible. And I think he could be. You know, he could be incredible. He could be the player of the year. And if he is the player of the year, then that's kind of what Duke, that's kind of their shot, I guess, in a sense, to kind of give Coach K the perfect farewell tour with the championship. Um, but one of the things that I'm a little, uh, you know, worried a little bit about with Duke, and this game, I think, maybe eased some of that worry, um, but it's about the backcourt. I don't trust the backcourt as much um, with this Duke team. Uh, Wendell Moore coming off of a not so great season last year. He was all right in this game, 12 points, 6 of 10 shooting. Um, you know, you have Jeremy Roach, who didn't play all that well. You know, so it's it's a little iffy there. But the one player that really kind of eased that worry was Trevor Keels, uh, the freshman out of Clinton, Maryland. Um, and he's a namesake of mine for that reason I love him. And I also just love his game. I mean, uh, super fun player to watch. Um, he, he almost, like, looks like a football player. Like, he's, like, kind of big. He looks like he could, like go out and play like safety for Duke or something, or maybe even like middle linebacker um, because he's just really strong. Um, I think they said he could bench press like 
I think it was like he bench pressed like 185, 18 times or something like that. I don't know. But anyway, Trevor Keels played very well. Uh, he's a player that I'm looking forward to see a lot more uh, as Duke here gets the win against Kentucky. Um, from the Kentucky side, um, the big I think the big takeaway was Oscar Sheway, former West Virginia Mountaineer, who had 20 rebounds in this game. He had 20 rebounds, 12 offensive. He really kept Kentucky in the game. Uh, for sure. Kentucky, I think, definitely has a lot of issues that they're going to have to work through. I could see them struggle here to start, potentially. Um, but as they kind of get used to playing together, a lot of transfers, a lot of young players on the team, although it's a little bit more experienced than past Kentucky teams, I think they're, they might need a little bit more time to get it together. But I certainly still expect them to be good um, by the time March, March hits. So just some good games there from the Champions Classic. Uh, next game, I really want to mention, watch this game last night, Villanova-UCLA. This game was just special, uh, to put it in one word. It was a special game. UCLA got the overtime win, 86-77. to 77. Uh, This is a game that was back and forth, game of runs. Uh, Villanova kind of started to pull away. Um, you know, I think they were up by 10 uh, midway through the second half. And then Justin Moore who is arguably the best player on Villanova, shooting guard uh, for them, got his fourth foul with six minutes left in the game, uh, went out, and that's kind of when UCLA made their run, cut it to four again. Um, and then we saw Villanova kind of get tired. I think Jay Wright only played six. I want to say he only played six guys in this game um, for the most part. Uh, really seemed like they started to get tired, and UCLA eventually just kind of uh, you know, started to lock up on defense near the end. By the time overtime hit, they had the momentum on their side. Juzang had it going, was shooting at one point. Johnny Juzang, who I know, Brandon, you're you're a Johnny Juzang fan, I would say. Is that fair? Johnny Juzang fan? I, I like Johnny Juzang. I do. Yeah, so Johnny Juzang at one point, I believe, made eight straight shots in the second half. Um, he just completely uh, got on fire. And this is something I was curious about with UCLA because – in the regular season last year, it was kind of a lot of ups and downs. They had a losing streak in the regular season. And then in the tournament, it seemed like every game virtually, they were shooting well. Like, Juzang was hot almost every game. Or Jacques, uh, Jamie uh, Jacques was playing really well. You have, um, you know, other great shooters on the team. And it was like, okay, can UCLA replicate what they did in the tournament? Can they pick up where they left off and continue really good shooting can they continue to play this well on offense well in this game at least it was true they did continue that so we'll see if that continues with ucla the hot shooting um how well they play on offense we'll see if that's just who they are um so far it seems like that is who they are so that's going to be very interesting to see but regardless this was an awesome game uh colin gillespie was very good for villanova um and just in general uh, a lot of good things from these two teams i could totally see this being a uh, final four match um but i guess here um as as i kind of uh want to give up the mic ben as we have here we've seen now about five days of college basketball and you didn't get to talk about college basketball last week when we did the preview so i just wanted Correct. to you know i guess i just wanted to ask like what are some of the things that you're really excited about in this college basketball season um, and just anything else you wanted to take away from any of the games I talked about? Well, so one thing I'm very excited about are that there's actual fans back because, um, and I've said, I mean, we've said this a thousand times on this podcast, but I think 
basketball is the hardest sport to like kind of hide the fact that there were no fans last year. Like football, you can get away with it. It's it's it, you know, there's no fans. It sucks, but like it doesn't make a huge difference. Basketball and especially college basketball, um, it it revolves so much around the fans because and again I've said this a thousand times, but college sports has something that pro sports don't have, and that's a student section. Um, and especially college basketball student sections, they're right there. They're right on the court. They're right on top of the players. That's just something that we just didn't get to see last year. Um, so I, I do think I'm so excited to see that again because that, I think that's my favorite part about college sports in general is just the atmospheres that it creates. Um, in terms of actual thoughts on actual play on the court, I only have one thought, and that is I hope Imani Bates has the worst season ever because he made a mistake, man. I don't know how you just decide to leave Michigan State the greatest program uh, definitely, I might in, cut this definitely out, in Michigan. I might just edit this whole. I mean, thing out. I just don't know how you walk away from by far the best basketball program in the state of Michigan. Um, we'll even say we'll, we'll count pros too because they're probably better than the Pistons anyway. Okay, I don't know how you walk away from that. I really don't. So it, it, it's a mistake on him. It really is. Um, I, I I take that personally as as a fan of, of Michigan State, a diehard fan of Michigan oh, State. Go God. Sparty, go Green, go White. I've been a, I've been a fan since day one. Um, I take that personally, so I really just hope Imani Bates has a has a tough year, and I hope he really struggles um, um, for Memphis because again, it's just a mistake. It's a mistake that that he look he'll, he'll look back at when he's forty, and he'll say, "Man, when I was seventeen, I was really stupid because that was the biggest mistake of my life." Um, <laughs> other than that, I don't have a whole lot of thoughts. I have one comment, Trevor, on something that you mentioned earlier, um, and maybe this is me being a hater, or, or I don't know what it is. It probably is me being a hater. But on a scale of 1 to 10 about how tired I am of, of this Coach K farewell uh, season tour thing, I'm at about a 7 already, and the season's like five days old. I'm over it. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's a hot take, but I'm kind of over it. It's kind of annoying, okay? I've watched, you know, three seconds of one of his games this year, and I'm already over them talking about how this is his last year. I don't know. Why not just do the Roy Williams thing and just be like, yo, I'm done. I don't need to have a whole season where everybody tells me how great I am. I don't know. That's just my opinion. I have the, I have the opportunity. I wanted to get that off my chest, Trevor. I, I apologize if, if this podcast took a turn towards the negative, um, but that's just how I'm feeling right now. That's just how I'm feeling off the top of my head. I love it. I, I love the uh... – Do you agree with are – you, are you tired? I'm just tired of it. I don't know. I'm just tired um, of it. It's, I'm over it. It's going to be a long year. Honestly, like I don't really care. Like I'm not – uh, I don't care. I'm I'm cool with them celebrating Coach K. I you know he's one of the best coaches that we've seen in our lifetime. So it's fine. I'm cool. But like I also, am. do are some of the the graphics that the ESPN brings up like tiring oh or yeah. they they talk about all these things they celebrate the memories or like they cut out during a break to like you know interview him and talk about great memories at Madison Square Garden or whatever the case may be. Like yeah, it's, just, it's a little it's a little know. annoying sometimes. But overall. I, I don't have too big of a problem with it. Brandon, do you have any uh, thoughts on this? I, I feel like he's deserved it at this point. I mean, he has. You know? Yes, and then the thing is, like, when you know, when March comes or April comes or whatever, I'll be like, yeah, like, that was cool. I, I'm glad that they made a bit, like, it's cool or whatever. But right now in November, I'm just like, can we just play basketball? Like, I don't care about co- this being Coach K's last season. Again, when he, when he coaches his last game or whatever, it would be cool to think about how great of a coach he is, and he's an awesome coach. I'm not saying that. But I just think it's going to be a long four, five, six months if we got to put up with this for for you know every every single time that they're on TV. Yeah, I I guess you make a semi decent point. Oh, oh no, point it's a great point. Base it's a great is point. terrible though. That's an awesome point I feel like I need too. to speak out. No, that's a I feel like I need point. to speak out uh, against that. I might even edit it out. You know, I, I, I you're might not. Do you, that. I, I know you're not going to do that because you're too lazy. To I do might. That. No, you're too lazy. To I do might. That. You're not going to do no, it. No, no, I might. I might, okay. but uh, here's the thing: Amani Bates made the best decision for himself, I and disagree. frankly, for the rest of the world. I disagree. You know, in in my opinion, he's a superhero, 
and he's a superhero that should be celebrated. I he's my favorite player this year in college basketball. I always pick a player every single year in college basketball. And Amani Bates. I never <laughs> tend to pick like the best player, but I'm picking Amani Bates because You're he made the perfect Amani, decision. Amani Bates, <laughs> the the most popular, the most covered player. That's that's the player you're picking as your your guy. I thought this that, was supposed that is to, my pick. For I thought this it was year, supposed yes. to be like a deep cut. I thought you were supposed to get someone who's like not highly regarded or maybe someone who's not like talked about a ton. Brandon's just a hater. Yeah, he's a hater, exactly. and he's threatened by Michigan State as a basketball It's a money base and a football. It's a money base. He's just threatened by Michigan State. He is. That, trust me, no one ever is threatened by Michigan State. Uh, your it's, boy Jim Harbaugh is. I can promise you that. Michigan, but uh, that's that's besides the point. Trevor, anything else you'd like to cover in college basketball before we get to college football? Yeah. So we're recording this on Saturday, and uh, tonight we have a really good one. Um, I don't know if we can top last night's Nova UCLA game, but we have Gonzaga. Uh, the number one ranked team in Texas, the fifth ranked team, playing tonight, uh, 9.30 Central Time, 10.30 ESPN, another late one, just as last night's was. Um, but I expect this one to be a really fun one, uh, playing out in Spokane. Uh, should be a great game. Obviously, this is uh, Mark Few. Obviously, he had like a one-game suspension for his DUI against Dixie State, and now he is back uh, coaching against Texas. Um, and then, obviously, Chris Beard. His debut here with Texas should be a fun one. Um, I'm I'm a little partial to this I, this Texas team. I don't necessarily think they're going to win tonight, but I am just a big fan of some of the players on this Texas team, and I I think they're going to be really good. And obviously Gonzaga on paper um, is probably the best team in the country. So another fun one there. Um, just want to go through some games to watch. I'm going to try to do this every week when we talk about college basketball. I have three. Um, I'll probably have three every week, I think. Um, I wanted to start off with Tuesday. Number 13, Oregon, who looked really good last night, uh, is going to play BYU. That should be a really fun one on Tuesday. BYU is not ranked, but I think they're the second-best team in the West Coast Conference. I think they're a tournament team. And I wouldn't be surprised if BYU, uh, you know, gave a great game to Oregon. I still – I really like Oregon. Um but I think that's going to be a good one. Second game, uh, number six, Michigan. Your Wolverines, Brandon. They're playing Seton Hall. I think Seton Hall might be a sneaky good team, uh, you know, out there in the Big East. I think Seton Hall is going to be really solid this year. Uh, they still have Miles Kale. They got the Harvard transfer, Bryce Aiken. Obviously, we know Michigan's going to be in the mix as a potential title contender. I think that's going to be a good one. Third one, Villanova, number four, versus Tennessee, number 18, next Saturday. I think that's going to be an awesome game as well. Have a nice little Big East SEC matchup. Should be a lot of fun. So those are the games of my week. And uh, if you guys don't have anything about uh, else to mention on college basketball, we can move right along. Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's get on over to college football. And uh, not like an enormous amount we want to spend, you know, in terms of time on this, but you know, we did want to kind of mention the, the College Football Playoff Committee's decisions. Um, so this past week, we got Georgia at 1, Alabama at 2, Oregon at 3, Ohio State at 4, with Cincinnati at 5, and Michigan at 6. Uh, Trevor, so I don't, I don't know who wants to start. Maybe, Ben, you can start. What are your thoughts on uh, on the committee's decision? We got Oklahoma at 8-2, which is a, a pretty low you know number for them, behind Michigan State. Yeah, and I, I'll say this, and... I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but I've said this a lot over the years. I One thing I hate about the college football, like, just committee in general, the playoff committee, um, and I, again, I think they've gotten a lot of, like, heat over the last couple of weeks, or maybe it's just me, because I, I know a lot of, you know, Cincinnati fans, but I, what I hate about this committee, and I, not just, just the committee in general, not necessarily this year, I cannot stand that it's a different group of people every year, because what it does is it, it's not consistent. Every year, the committee values something different. 
clearly, um, at least for a part of these rankings this year, they value head-to-head. I do not think Oregon is better than Ohio State. Yes, they beat Ohio State like two months ago. But if you're asking me right now on, what, November 13th, 2021, I don't think Oregon's better than Ohio State. Um, and I can probably, it just, it, it has to be, the only reason they're ahead of Ohio State is because they beat them. Um, but then, you know, you go down to Michigan, Michigan State, Michigan's ahead of Michigan State, even though they lost to them. So I don't know. I just hate the inconsistency from year to year. Because what it does is it, it's hard to then determine what is what is being valued more than other things in terms of the committee's eyes. Um, so I cannot stand that it's a different group of people every year. I just want to see more consistency with the college football playoff committee. Um, not only from week to week, but also just from year to year. Because if we're only going to have four teams, and again, I, that will change. I think most people would assume that's going to change. But for right now, having four teams, it's hard as a team to, to figure out what you need to do more than other or more than other things to get into one of those four spots. Obviously, I guess if you're Alabama, you just win, okay? But I just I cannot stand the inconsistency between from year to year about certain things value um, are more valued than other things. You know, some years it's a conference championship. Obviously, this year head to head has some sort of value um, in the decision making. So I cannot stand the inconsistency. It drives me crazy. And I can only imagine it drives one fans of these teams crazy that are being affected. I'm not really a fan of any of these teams. And two, these coaches and these ads that are trying to schedule games and and you know different scenarios throughout their season to impress these i don't know group of 10 15 20 presidents and athletic directors so here's what i was i was telling my buddies this i we have six teams this year that i think are very very uh worthy of being in the college football playoff georgia alabama oregon ohio state Cincinnati and Oklahoma. What about the Spartans? You, know, you forgot about the Michigan State Spartans too. They don't deserve to be in. Okay. I and here I, and I'm saying this with the logic that all of them are going to win their conference championships, with the exception of Alabama and Georgia. You know, let's say just for hypothetically that Alabama wins the the, the championship and both of them are 11 and one or 12 and one, whatever the, the number is. All six of those teams are very very deserving, and I I think it's just crazy that. In, the committee has shown us that it pretty much doesn't matter when Cincinnati does. They're going to be left out. It, do, it, it seems like it, you could argue that it doesn't even matter. Like if Ohio State loses in Michigan or Michigan State, one of them wins the, the Big Ten championship. Um, and same thing if Oklahoma even doesn't, doesn't win or Oregon doesn't win. Um, it seems like Cincinnati could be left out of the, the Contraball playoff. And I was telling one of my buddies, if Cincinnati wins out, okay, they, they should be in it. They really should be in it. I, I really, really believe that. They beat a really good Notre Dame team who's a top 10 team earlier in the year. The game wasn't even, like, that close. It was, what, 24-13 or something? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if, if yep. one of you guys know. The game wasn't even, like, super-duper close. I want to see Cincinnati in. It was ridiculous when UCF was left out. It, it'll be ridiculous if Cincinnati wins out. And, you know, now saying that, you know, if you have Georgia, Alabama— if that situation happens where Alabama wins the championship and Georgia has that one loss, they both deserve to be in. I do think those are two of the best four teams. Um, and, you know, the same thing goes, I think, if, if Oklahoma wins out and, and Ohio State wins out, we'll say, uh, and Oregon, let's say, loses. Uh, those four teams, it's kind of hard to make a, an argument. But I really want to see Cincinnati in there. I really, really do. I want to see them play Alabama or Georgia in that first game. Uh, you know, let's, let's have a mid-major team in there. It's ridiculous that we have it at four teams. We've talked about how it should be at eight. The five big conferences, their championship winner. You know, the championship actually means something. All five of the championship winners make it. You have three at-large, including one mid-major. I wouldn't call them mid-major. And, you know, two other at-larges. That is the correct way to do it. That's what should be done. I hope Cincinnati makes it. I know, Ben, you know, it's, it's your area where you're from. 
Um, and you're not particularly a Cincinnati fan, but I, I do truly hope that Cincinnati makes it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that... Uh, so I, the biggest complaint is kind of what Ben mentioned. I, I agree with Ben. Like, the head-to-head thing and not being consistent, I think that's definitely a big issue when you actually look at, like, d- definitive, like, complaints. Because you, we can debate, like, oh, is, like... So for me, there's a clear, pretty clear top three. I think Georgia should be one, Alabama should be two, and Ohio State should be number three. And then debating between Oregon and Cincy for number four, I think, is genuinely tough um, because Ohio, because Oregon did beat Ohio State, who is a very good team, um, although they lost to Stanford. So it's like, okay, what are you, what are you measure, measuring there? Now Cincy beat Notre Dame, so it's like, how are you weighing them beating Notre Dame versus Oregon beating Ohio State, but also losing Stanford? I don't know. It's tough. I lean Cincy for that fourth spot, but it is close. But the head-to-head thing, the fact that they have Oregon ahead of Ohio State when Oregon beat Ohio State, yet with the head-to-head thing with Michigan and Michigan State, they have Michigan ahead of Michigan State, even though Michigan State beat them. It's it's inconsistent. For me, personally, I think they overrate. Um, when they talk about the Oregon-Ohio State thing, they really love to point out the head-to-head, and that's kind of like the first thing they mention. When head-to-head that's one game of the season out of the nine games that most of these teams played we should be evaluating every single game kind of in conjunction versus pointing out oh head-to-head's like the top thing for me head-to-head is only um super important if it's like very close resume if it's kind of like well again it's it's one out of the nine games right so it's like in conjunction of all those things added up it's like head-to-head is not as important as it seems like they're making it out to be so I look at it as Ben kind of said and see Ohio State has looked better than Oregon in conjunction of their entire schedule. Similarly to how I also believe that Michigan, despite the fact that they lost to Michigan State, is better than Michigan State. I mean, I, I don't. I just looking at their schedule, looking at the games they played, who they've beaten, uh, the margins of the wins. I think Michigan is definitively the better team than Michigan State, just as I think that Ohio State is pretty definitively better than Oregon. So I, I kind of agree with what you're saying there, but at the same time, I, I think those head-to-head wins are important. I hate Michigan State more than anyone. I've expressed this on this podcast already, you hate her. T- even today. But if you Michigan State should not be behind Michigan. I mean, that game was not that long ago at all, um, and they're both 8-1. and one. And I think the same goes, if you look at Ohio State and Cincy, it's pretty surprising to me that uh, Ohio State isn't behind Cincinnati. You know, and I know people are like, whoa, that's crazy. And I, I do think Ohio State is a better football team than Cincinnati, but that's, that's not what they're being evaluated on. Cincinnati hasn't lost any game. Their best win is against Notre Dame, who's the number nine team in the nation. Ohio State's best win is against Penn State, who was number 20 at the time and is unranked right now. That's their best win. And most likely, at the end of the year, they'll have better wins. And in that case, it'll change. I'm okay with that. But for now, it's pretty crazy that one's 8-1, one, one's 9-1, nine and one, and the 9-0, nine, nine and, oh, and the 9-0 and oh team is ranked behind them and has a better top win and no losses. So, like, Oregon's the same way. Oregon beat Ohio State. They shouldn't be behind Ohio State. And you know what's crazy? The, not the week after, but the, the week after, the two weeks after Ohio State lost to Oregon, they were ranked ahead of them again. And Oregon didn't even lose. So I don't know, I don't understand, like, where these ranking systems are for this. You know, I agree, it needs to be consistent. If Oregon's ahead of Ohio State, Michigan State should also be ahead of Michigan. As much as I don't want that to be true, I mean, you got to keep it consistent. That's, it's crazy. It's been two weeks since their game. And I, I do agree, Ohio State, I think, is better than Oregon. I think they're better than Cincinnati. I think Michigan's better than Michigan State. I really don't think Michigan State's that great at all. 
Um, but if we're looking at those two teams, one beat the other one two weeks ago. So, you know, you can't really say that one's worse at this point in time and they have the same record and one of them beat them, you know? I mean, Ben, is that that crazy to think about? I think you're wrong. No, not really. <laughs> oh, that's it? You didn't want to expand well, on that? if we're being honest, I wasn't listening, so I'm just going to go ahead now. <laughs> oh, Actually, wow. I changed my mind. Ben, yeah, you're ben, crazy, you're ben wrong. Ben thinks you're wrong. You're crazy. I do too. I think you're wrong. I wasn't listening. Now, I, I think if you beat one of the other teams, you should you should be ahead of them. Uh, you just should. Not necessarily. I, I think Mi- Michigan... I, I, at least on paper. And that's the thing. What are they evaluating on? Is it is it the play on the field? Because if you look at both teams, it's pretty... Like, I, I think Ohio State is better than Oregon. I do. Yeah. But that's not how this has ever been evaluated on. In fact, if we're evaluating on that, Oklahoma would be higher than Michigan and Michigan State. I think Oklahoma's way better than both of those teams. Way better. So I, it's clearly not being evaluated by that, but then in like some circumstances it is. I just think it goes back to what Ben said, where it's like not consistent at all, and it doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, that's the biggest complaint. We can we can sit here and we can have disagreements about, like, oh, is Michigan who, – who should be ranked higher, Michigan, Michigan State? But the fact that they're not consistent, that's the biggest problem with it. Right. Right, yeah, and no, I, I, I fully agree. I, I 100% agree. Let's keep on moving along, though. Um, and do a little bit of... Are we doing random rank now? Or, excuse me, trivia? Trivia time? Yeah, we can. I think it's trivia time. Let's do trivia. All right, let's, let's, let's do a little, uh, little trivia time here. Um, so today we have... What's the score? We haven't done trivia in a minute. Yeah, so Ben still has the lead with seven and a half. You know it. Brandon, you have seven, and I have five points. Okay, so it's actually pretty close. It's relatively close. Um, today's order is going to be Trevor asking Ben, Ben asking me, and then I am asking Trevor my question. So Trevor, you are up first. All right. Um, I'm, a, I'm asking a question, or you're asking? Yes. Oh, I'm asking who? No, 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 you're asking Ben. I'm asking Ben. Okay. All right, Ben. Yes. So we just had the Champions Classic, right? And the Champions Classic yes. has been going on since uh, 2011. Um, every year it's played with the same four teams, Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, and Michigan State. Oh, no. So yeah. my question's pretty simple here. There's only four possible. There's four possible answers. Um, yeah. My question is. I like multiple is, choice. Is simple here. Which of those four teams has the best record in the Champions Classic? That's it. Oh. That's the question. Okay. So they has any team missed a year? It's been the same four teams every single year. It's been the same yes. four teams every single Even year. Even last year. Every single year, it's been the same four teams. All four teams have played 11 total games in the 11 years it is ran. Oh, my so that's, gosh. It's not, so that's not including um, – or wait, is that including 2021? Yes, it's, it's including this year. So including okay. Tuesday's yeah, games. that makes sense. Including Tuesday's games, there have been 11 Champions Classics since 2011. So every team has played 11 games, all four of them. Okay. Trevor, I'd point out, first of all, this is an awesome question. I love this question. My only complaint yeah, is, I have a 25% chance of getting it right. If I get it wrong, Brandon has a 33% chance of getting half a point. Yeah, that is true. Which is that is true. I, but it is for less points. It I is agree. For less points. But I'm not, yeah. a, I'm not a fan of that aspect of it. But that's okay. That is I true. I will press on. This is a fantastic question. And I have no idea. Um, I want to say for the most part, though, like it's been fairly competitive. I, 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 like, I don't think one of those four teams stands out to me as dominating these other three teams. I think for the most part... It's been a good back and forth. Um, I mean, obviously, I remember when Zion was there and we watched it, like, Duke dominate Kentucky. But other than that, like, I feel like it's been fairly competitive. Um, I will say I love, I love my Michigan State Spartans. I'm not going to say it's them. I just – I don't know. I think the other three programs are superior in this aspect. I'm going to rule them out. 
Now, in terms of the other three, I just got to take a guess because I don't even have a reason to like. I don't have any 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 knowledge of anything to to you know to make a good you know guess have a strong foundation for a guess. So I'm just gonna. I mean, I I'm just gonna guess. Um, man, I'm so scared that that Brandon's gonna get half a point here. I'm going I'll say to this, go ben, with ben, if this puts any pressure. I I don't I don't know the answer. I'm just gonna select whichever one of the. Uh, I have two possible ones. Yeah. Whichever one you don't. Whichever pick. one I okay. What if yeah. I don't pick either? What are you gonna do? Um, I don't know. We'll address that if you pick the one that <laughs> okay. I don't think. All right. I think you're gonna pick the one that I would pick. Okay. I am going to go with, in my opinion, the team that's been the most consistent, and that is Kansas. I'm gonna go with Kansas. That's my answer. That's that's the one team I would have not picked. Really? Okay. Well. Yes. Okay. I'm I'm not changing my mind. Is I'm. Going I think they'll be third. That's my guess. Is they're third. Okay. We'll see if that's right. Okay. So. This this is gonna make it a little interesting now because that is not correct, Ben. Uh, oh God, I was lucky hoping it was right because I don't know who to pick between. If Brand gets half a point, Trevor, I'm gonna be so upset. It, it, it is I, not. I Kansas. feel so confident. I'll tell you. I'll tell you all. I feel four so records afterwards. I'll tell you all four records okay. afterwards. But they have to be Kansas. close. Are they all close? They've, it's got to be somewhat close. Yeah, it's got to be pretty close. I mean, it's only eleven games, but it's been competitive. So I, you know? I thought it'd either be Duke or Kentucky. And I was gonna pick everyone you didn't pick, but I mean, you—I <laughs> can't believe you picked Kansas. I'm pretty surprised. I don't know why. I not? mean, I guess, I guess I'll go Duke. I just feel like they've had more success in like the past ten years in terms of winning games in the regular season. So I—I'll I, guess Duke, but I, I feel like it's a coin flip between them and Kentucky. I think you should have picked. But Kentucky. I'll say Duke. That's just my opinion. I think you should have picked Kentucky. You think I should have picked Kentucky? I, I think if I was you, I would have picked Kentucky. But that's just me. I don't know. Okay. I was already wrong. All right. Once, so I, I'll stick with Duke. I don't know. I, I said it, so I guess I'll stick with it. Final answer, Duke? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I don't feel as confident anymore because Ben just said Kentucky. All right. So Kansas has the second best record. They are 6-5 and five in the Champions Classic. I, well, Trevor, that's not going to give me a point, so just tell me who it is. <laughs> Michigan State <laughs> is the worst team. They are four and seven in right. okay. Champions Classic. So they're all going to be pretty close, probably. So one of these teams between Duke and Kentucky, one of them is seven and four. One of them is five and oh. six. The team that is seven and four is the team you picked, Brandon. It is Duke. Duke has the oh! best record in the Champions Classic. What a stupid question to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna edit in you saying how great of a question it is, and then you saying how stupid a question yeah. it is five minutes later. Oh, I'm frustrated. <laughs> that was a good question, hey, Trevor. That was an awesome. I'll tell question. you, that was a really good question. But props to you, Trevor. A little, that was a really little good easy, question. but you know, not all. Not all, all right, questions Ben. It's now your turn. I I will say I had no clue. Like I, it was a complete guess, Ben. I I, I know you you were also a complete guess, but mine was a complete yeah. guess. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, it's whatever. All right, your Brandon, turn. To ask me. Ben. My question for you. Um, all right. My question for you. This is something. This is one I heard yesterday, and it's one that's like it's not a hard question, but it's just one I'm like I've never really thought about that, and it was a good question. And my guess was wrong when I um, guessed this, like in my head before I heard this. Brandon, okay. the 1992 Dream Team. You've ever heard of them? I have. You have heard of them. First of all, this is making you. This is a little bit of a history question, so you got to go back in time yeah, before you were born. This is not Trevor. You might be getting all right, a, a Brandon. My question for you. <laughs> That 1992 Dream Team, I think they played like, I don't know, like eight games or something. That doesn't have a huge okay. impact on this question. But during that Olympic run that they that they went on, they won the gold medal in 1992. Who was yeah. the leading scorer for that 1992 Olympic Dream Team? I mean, I surely would guess, I mean, Michael Jordan. But I don't really know, you know. 
I mean, it's gonna be a complete guess. Probably shouldn't be saying too much. I, I, I feel like it, it, it has to be Michael Jordan. But from the fact that you said you didn't get it, I'm not gonna guess Michael Jordan. I mean, who else was on that team? We had there's so many good players on that team. Honestly, the real challenge is gonna be me remembering players on that team. I should have made the question name four players on that team. <laughs> I can name four if I really thought about it. I mean, there's Jordan, there was Pippen, uh, Karl Malone, Clyde Drexler, David Robinson, Larry Bird. I could definitely name four. Barkley was on that team. I don't really know. I mean, my guess would have to be Michael Jordan. Like that, I, I, I don't know who else it would be, but you're saying it's not him. I don't know. I never I'll guess... said that. Never said that. No, I, I, there's no way when you heard it you didn't guess Michael Jordan. So I, I'm, I'm rolling him out. I mean, I guess I'll say Carl Malone would be my final answer. I don't know. Carl Malone. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Carl Malone is incorrect, Brandon. I'm sorry. I'm okay. not sorry. I'm actually very happy you got it wrong. But to be nice, I am sorry. That is not correct. Trevor, half a point. Do you know the answer to this? All right, so leading scorer on the 1992 Dream Team. That's that's the question. It's as simple as that. Yep. Who averaged? Who averaged the most? Yep. Who's it? Who? I mean, not this would matter, but who who averaged the most points or who scored the most total points? Well, I I think it would, that would be the same thing, kind of. But Unless the numbers I have in front of me are averages. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. They probably played the same amount of games. Um, yeah. So I believe I know the answer to this. Um. I'm pretty sure. I'm not. I don't want to be too confident because if I'm wrong, then that'll suck. But uh, I'm gonna keep it short here. I think the answer is uh, Charles Barkley, and that's my final answer. Trevor, you're correct. Good job, Trevor. I'm so proud of you. I would have never gotten that. Um, no <laughs> yes, it was Charles Barkley. I just that's why I just think it was a good question. And honestly, Brandon, you were wrong because when I heard that, my guess was not Michael Jordan anyway. Because I was like, that's too easy. I, I my guess, I was just like, I don't know Larry Bird. Okay. Um, it was Charles Barkley. He averaged 18 points a game. Second place was Michael Jordan with 14.9 points a game, 15 points a game. Yeah. Um, I don't uh-huh. have the, any of the other numbers. Those are just the top two I have. But I don't know. I thought it was an interesting question. It's one I've never really thought about. Um, and, again, Michael Jordan, I guess, seems like the easy answer. But yeah. I, I don't know. I, I wanted to see if Brandon was going to get Charles Barkley. I was kind of afraid that he was just going to, out of nowhere, he was going to be like, I don't know Charles Barkley and get it right. Yeah, but no, I was Trevor came through for me. <laughs> no, Barkley would have been pretty low on my list of guesses. Yeah. Well, when I heard it, I was like, when I heard it, I was like, oh, that makes sense. I don't know. He just he was a baller down low. He's a beast. Yeah. I don't know. For whatever reason, like I, that was I believed prime. it the second I heard it. That was his prime. The next year they went to the yeah. finals. Yeah, that was his like peak. Interesting. All right. Well, um, my question to ask you, Trevor. So this question is very difficult. I'm I'm gonna basically give you like. I'm going to take out a lot of players as an option, and I'm also offering double points for it, just because this is a tough one. What player has the highest recorded PER ever in a single season? And basically the clue I'm going to give you is it, 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 out of all current players. The, the number one is already a current player, but I'm saying you can only guess current players. Hold on. Is it is this a basketball question? Is this basketball this player? Is a basketball okay, question, I didn't yeah. know if PER was a ba- was it only a basketball thing or if there are other sports. Is there is there PER? Yeah, there's no PER. NBA okay. highest PER in a single season. What player was it? Okay. Can, can I ask you this as as Trevor's thinking? Are you can you disclose um when this stat became an official NBA stat, or do you not want to? Disclose I, I'm it? saying only current players. Oh, only that's current right. players. Okay, you said it wrong. Only probably probably late seventies or something. Um, P.E.R. you think was late 70s? Maybe, like maybe, maybe, maybe early 80s. 
efficiency rating. That's got. That so like actually, you know what? I'm taking it back. I'm only offering one point, and I'll explain why when we're done. Well, that's my next question: is if I if I stole it, would I get a full point or not? No, it's it's gonna be yes, you would have, but it, it's only gonna be one point. I'll explain okay, why. So when Trevor gets it wrong done. and I get it right, I'm only gonna get half a point. Okay, so it is a one point question. What current NBA player has had the highest PER in, a single season. in history in a single season? In a single season, yes. Okay, so okay, so the question is essentially like like basically you're giving me a hint. You're saying the the player with the highest PER in history in a single season is a current player so in a sense like you saying it's a current player is a hint yes i guess in a sense yes. even though it's still a pretty difficult question uh but yes. with that being said all right so i'm a little annoyed i'm 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 not potential i could potentially have gotten two points now you're limiting it down to one that's a little yeah I'm, I'm taking it back and i'll explain why if someone gets the answer okay it's a little uh it's a little kind of like what you did in our fantasy football league when you changed the rules after the draft. Oh, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> I did not um. change the rules. I want no one here. And you know what's interesting? The rules that I changed, which I said I was going to change, has actually hurt me way more than helping me. Okay. All right. It's hurt me a lot. So PER single season. I mean there's there's two players that are current players in particular that I think of, when you say PER that automatically came to my mind because I know all time they're toward the top. Um, in fact, they're in the top like five, I think, both of them. Could either of them have had the best season in PR though? Is is the question? I guess I feel like you normally ask hard questions, and if it would if it was one of those two players, maybe you wouldn't have asked about. Maybe you wouldn't have asked it. Um, not too sure, um, but I'm just thinking about single seasons. There's really, let's see, one, two, three. I think there's really four possible answers here. There's four players I have in my mind, and it's a matter of which player I'm going to pick. Um, I don't want to give, I, I don't really want to give any other hints to Ben, but I just know that between four players, it's going to be one of these four. Um, I would be surprised if it's not one of these four players. I'm going to go with my, uh, see, I don't know. I can go with the player that's, I know is at the top all time, or I can go with the player who may have just had like one really great season. Um, Trevor, this is bad podcasting. I feel like you should say those four players so that, so that our listeners understand <laughs> what you're talking about. Because I, I just think, I don't know. I'm looking out for them. I feel like you should say who those. At least it, maybe it the is, two that you said you're between. I think you, is, should, you, should, but you should give them a hint of who they are. It's not ideal for podcasting, but I want to win. I want to come back, so I, I can't. I'm not giving you any. Yeah, anything. I get that, Trevor. But what I'm saying is, I don't even have a guess, so I need some. Hint. I need some help. Okay. <laughs> okay. You don't have a guess, Ben. Out of all the current players, you don't think well, one of them is pretty time. good. Well, give me some time. Let me let me hear what Trevor says. Who he guesses, and then best. I'll, I'll okay. Tell you what I'm thinking. P E R in a single season. I'm going to say. Oh, it's so tough. If you say it's one of these other guys, I'm gonna. I know you're gonna say it's one of the other guys. I'm gonna be upset if I miss it. I'm gonna be really upset if I miss this one. I think single season. Single season. Would you have asked it if it was him? Hmm. PR single season. I think you're thinking too much into um, it. Just who do you think the player is? <laughs> okay. All right. I'll give single season. All right. I'm going to give an answer here. I'm going to say. How many times has Trevor said single season in the past five minutes? <laughs> if you comment the correct All right. answer, I will All right. give you a high All five. All right. Final answer. Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's my final answer. All right. Final answer. 100%? Yeah. Okay, so the reason I changed it from two to one is the number one person on this list is this from this season, like this current season, 
And I, I realized that when asking it, I was like, okay, so I have to give a possible point if you got the number two, because the number two answer is a completed season. So wait, I wait, would wait, have whoa. accepted one wait, of two you're t- answers. Wait, you're telling me, you're telling me the answer is someone from this current season that started like two then weeks it, ago? Let's, the, technically, the number one answer is from the 2021-2022 yes, season. So of course it is. I flipped it at... I flipped it at the last second. If you said either that player or the number two, who is also a current player, okay. I would have accepted it. Okay. The number one answer is Nikola Jokic from this current season. Yeah. The number two answer is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay, so Trevor, so I'm I awarding it. you the yeah. point. You got it correct. Yeah, you can't count it for this season. It's only three weeks well, in. So I didn't. I saw. I didn't see it until I was asking the okay, question. So okay. I was like, oh shoot, I need to switch this question up. I got so you. that's why I was accepting both. I see. And Jokic is more of like a deep cut. If if he were to be an answer, and I see, I see. That makes sense. Yeah, so do you see how, like, that would have been a tough one to get. If it was Jokic. If it actually was Jokic, if, it was Jokic, if that was the yes. answer. Yes, that would have been tough. That's why I was going to offer two points. So I feel like it was reasonable. But Trevor, he ended up getting the point uh, in the end. Ben, what would you have guessed? I mean, I would have guessed LeBron. I, I was about to say LeBron was the only person I was even thinking. Like, once he said onto Takumpo, I was probably going to guess if he was wrong, like KD maybe. But I, like, I just had no idea. And the, the person that kept coming to mind, because it'd be, like, the worst answer ever is Russell Westbrook because he's, like, the most inefficient player ever. But for whatever reason, I, yeah. I just couldn't get him off my mind. No, I so I thought about just being like, I don't know, Russell Westbrook. But I probably would have just guessed so LeBron because I had no He's idea. number 20 on this list, and, like, that seems like it's very far away, but it's, it's like, 1.2 away from Giannis. Yeah. Who, LeBron? Or yeah, his, 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 20, no, Russell his 27. Oh, okay. LeBron season, is right? literally 0. .2, yeah. .19 away from Giannis. I probably would have just guessed LeBron yeah. I, I had no idea. Yeah, LeBron was the yeah. obvious one. Um, my four were Giannis, KD, LeBron, and Chris Paul. I knew it was one of those four. Um, because so Chris KD Paul's like up there and all time. Chris Paul's twenty eight on here. KD's highest one is thirty two. Both of them are not that close. Okay. Who was the other person you said? Y- LeBron. Giannis, LeBron, KD, Chris Paul. Those are my four yeah. options. Giannis and yeah, Jokic. Jokic is his his season last year isn't even on this list. Okay. Interesting. That I see. But I'm not, like, digging too deep. And then another thing is I, I wanted to make it, like, slightly easier because there's a lot of past players that are in the top ten. Yeah. Like, half of them are top players from the past in the top ten. Or it's just Will and Jordan. Right. But I was like, I, I I needed to, like, minimize it a little bit. Yeah. And then especially after seeing that I was, whatever, whatever. Yeah, All right, let's move on. on. Uh, let's, con- let's continue with the NBA, though. Yeah. Trevor, I know you got quite a few things to uh, talk about in the NBA. Uh, so I'll let you start off. Yeah, so we'll uh, do this quick. What, what, we'll, we, what are we talking about? We'll do this about? quick here. So NBA rule changes. It's been really interesting. The game has gotten more physical. I love it personally. But there's a lot of – so essentially what the changes that have happened are, you know, players like James Harden, Damian Lillard, Trey Young, they do a lot of like like shot fakes, pump fakes, and then they'll lean into the – they'll jump into the guy or they're driving. Harden does this a lot where he's driving and then he'll like – go up for a shot and he'll like hook someone's arm. Like for example, he did this against the heat when they played them to Bam Adebayo, who like had his arm out in front of him, but wasn't even touching him. And Harden was driving and he like hooked Bam's arm and then like went up like to shoot it, to try to get fouled. They didn't call it in the past. They may have called that because Harden's drawn a lot of fouls like that. Trey Young has done a lot of like the pump fake stuff and Dane does the pump fake stuff. Uh, all that kind of stuff, a lot of that is being cut out. So we have seen a decrease in free throws for those players, like Harden in particular, but also Trey Young to a lesser extent, Dane to a lesser extent. Um, we've seen a lot of stuff like that. We've also seen three-point uh, percentage in general go down from a lot of these players. 
Um, of course, like like Steph is still, I think, relatively high, and you know, you like Kevin Durant's still relatively high. But some of these players have fallen in their field goal percentage, their three point percentage overall. The game's been more physical. Um, I'm not sure about like the scoring in general if it's down or not. I think the pace is still up, but I do enjoy that we're seeing more like physical play. We've seen like a few like borderline fights, um, which is which is interesting. I don't necessarily want to see like. Uh, I don't, I, you know, we don't need a fist fight necessarily, um, like in the 80s or something. But it's interesting that we're seeing more physical play. We're seeing uh, more like tough basketball. It, it's just fun. And it's it's not like, like it's more balanced. Like in the early 2000s, we had, it, it was like so defense heavy and so like hard to score at times. I mean, we saw games in like the 60s and 70s back in like 2006, 2007, like when I first got into basketball, there were a lot of low-scoring games. And then we saw in the past couple years, it completely flipped, where it's you know three-point heavy, like 2018, 2019, 2020, three-point heavy, uh, a lot of fouls. You know, A lot of people would call it, oh, NBA soft, stuff like that. I think this, I think we're starting to get back to like a good balance. And I really enjoy it. I think the basketball has been great uh, so far in the season. Um, the quality of it has been very good. But I wanted to ask both of you, Brandon, I'll start with you. What do you kind of think about how the NBA has shifted here now to where, you know, some of these fouls, um, you know, they're kind of, you know, phasing out of the game in a sense. There's still a few other problems, like there's like the clear path one and, and other things like that. But what do you, what are your overall thoughts on kind of these rule changes? Yeah, no, I, I love them. I mean, you look at like back at the Olympics over the summer, uh, and how great it was, you know, the pace of the games was so much quicker, so much more fluid. Uh, you weren't getting these ridiculous foul calls that make games take forever. Uh, it's really wonderful for the game. Um, you know, people like Harden and, and Trey Young are going to have to, like, completely change their play styles. Um, and, you know, it's going to be harder for them to score because a lot of their points came from the foul line. So really, really interesting uh, to see it change. I know a lot of those players complained in the uh, Olympics, but everyone seemed to like it, especially from a fan perspective. So overall, a really, really good change, in my opinion. Yeah. What about you, Ben? Have you have you seen anything with these rule changes that you really like, or, or do you have anything to add to that? Well, I mean, I agree with what you guys said. Like, I like the physicality. I think I think basketball is fun to watch when there's the physicality. Um, and obviously, you know, what, what James Harden had been getting away with for years is super annoying to watch, and it's frustrating. Um, so the fact that that's just one aspect of the game that's kind of that they've kind of gotten rid of, or they've you know they've done stuff to enforce that, to prohibit that, I, I think that's good for the game of basketball. Um, and again, I don't think that's a hot take. I think you guys agree with me. I think most people would agree with 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 us that it, it, it's just annoying to watch somebody, you know, yeah, you pump fake and then you draw these ticky tacky fouls. Um, like Brennan said, it, it slows down the game. It, it, basketball is is very much of like a, a momentum sport and a rhythm sport. And it's hard to watch when neither team can do that because you, there's a there's a whistle being blown, um, you know, seemingly every possession. So if we can get back to that 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 momentum and that rhythm of basketball and you know kind of how it's designed to that you know that beautiful sport of of teams getting into a rhythm and clicking on all cylinders, um, I think that's great for the game and I, I think that'll be good for the NBA moving forward. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, few few other things to mention here before we get to NFL. Um, the good, some of the teams that are really standing out, got to go with the Warriors. They're 11 and one best record in the league. Clay Thompson still has not returned. Steph is, 
you know, definitely an MVP candidate. You can argue he is. It's probably either him or Kevin Durant right now that would be the favorite. Um, maybe Kevin Durant has the edge because his, like, stats, his efficiency is better. But Steph is right there with him. The team's really good. Uh, so the Warriors wanted to point them out. Just the ball movement, the defense, some of the things that they really uh, thrived on, you know, in those early Warriors years, 2015, 2016. We're seeing some of that. You know, Draymond's playing pretty, really well again. Jordan Poole, uh, Andrew Wiggins has had some good games. So that's going to be interesting to see moving forward when they get Clay back. Washington Wizards, another one. Best record in the Eastern Conference. They are 8-3. and three. Um, The other night they beat the Cavs. I you know, caught a little bit of that game. Uh, Kyle Kuzma actually hit the, the game-winning three there against the Cavs. They've looked really good. They beat a few good teams. And the Wizards, I mean, just Beals, you know, played pretty well, but they've kind of done it a team team effort here. Uh, the bad, some of the teams that have underperformed, not looked so good. Atlanta Hawks have to start out with them. They're 4-9 to start out. You know, we're seeing Trey Young um, struggle at least a little bit. Again, a little bit of the foul, you know, calls. The shooting, he's had some struggles there. Uh, and the team's not clicking quite as well as it was. Obviously, coming off of kind of like an overperformance, I guess, in the playoffs, making the conference finals when they weren't expected to. Now, um, you know, it's a little bit tougher for them now. Uh, another team, the Pelicans. The Pelicans, arguably the worst team in the NBA. They are 1-12. Obviously, Zion has not played. And there's just a lot of, uh, there's just a lot of uh, bad vibes here with this team. I mean, just like the moves that have been made uh, by David Griffin over the past couple years have not been very good. Now Zion's hurt. And they traded away Lonzo, didn't get a lot back. It just seems like David Griffin, you know, I used to think of him as one of the best GMs in the NBA when he was with the Cavs. Maybe, I mean, probably a top three, top five GM. Now he's not done as great recently. Um, And it's really not a good situation here for the Pelicans with Zion being hurt and just these other moves that have been made here. Um, I also wanted to start something here. Every week, I'm going to give a small baller player of the week. It's it's probably going to be my player. I mean, if, if Brandon and Ben want to have a player in upcoming weeks, they totally can. Uh, but this is just, it's not based on, like, who is the best player of the week. It's not based on, like, um, it's it's not necessarily based on anything. It's, like, a totally biased, mm-hmm. some, someone I want to shout out. And that player is Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards coming off of a great rookie of the year now. Uh, or not rookie of the year, but he's, you know, had a great rookie season. Um, a little, he's been a little overshadowed by Lamelo. A lot of people love talking about Lamelo. He's all over the highlight reels. Anthony Edwards needs to get some of that love too. He's been really good. He had 48 the other night in a loss, just outstanding. He's been shooting really well. I think he's averaging about 25, 26 points a game, and we're seeing a little bit of a leap here. And Anthony Edwards' second year, of course, the number one draft pick. He was also my number one player in that draft class. Um, so looking forward to see what Anthony Edwards has. Uh, here coming up. Yeah, no, it's it's gonna be super interesting. This this you know the NBA season's just underway. Uh, how many games are we in? Like fifteen or something? Yeah, so we're about yeah about fifteen, twelve to fifteen games in right now. Yeah, so so a lot of NBA action coming up. But let's move on to of course a different professional sport. Uh, we have the NFL. Um, so Trevor, or actually you know yeah no we'll start with you Trevor. What what are some of your takeaways from this past week? Yeah, so past week, I mean, this was the wackiest week of the season, to, to just put it simply. I mean, you had the Bills losing, only scoring six points against the Jaguars. 
you had the the Chiefs Packers game that was 13-7 just like super weird game there obviously the Chiefs continue to look pretty bad the Rams lost to the Titans that one was really surprising to me um the Cardinals with Colt McC- or yeah with Colt McCoy right with Colt McCoy go and beat the San Francisco 49ers like wh- what was that Colt McCoy was 22 of 26 in this game so it's just a ton of just like random like things happening like you could have put all of these teams in a hat and just like so you pick every game well I guess you would have to have what 12 different hats however many games there are 12 14 games and you just like pick out of a hat who's gonna win and that's what happened last week there was no rhyme or reason to which teams were winning it was just pick a name out of a hat that team's gonna win and that's the NFL that's the NFL this week nine it's it's really interesting you know looking forward because a lot of these teams are kind of jumbled in the mix there's not like a clear best team right now and I think that's really interesting we're going to give our power rankings anyway here in, in a little bit but there's no clear best team which is very intriguing yeah no, this this NFL season is it's been so unpredictable and so fun to watch uh, especially if like you're not like a humongous fan of a team, it's it's been so enjoyable. I mean, even just this last week, like you said, there's been there were so many games that upsets. The Giants beat the Raiders, Falcons beat the Saints, uh, Broncos beat the Cowboys. Uh, you know, it, it's just crazy how many games the Chiefs beat the Packers. I guess whether that's an upset or not is up for your determination uh, because Aaron Rodgers out. Titans beat the Rams. I mean, so many crazy, crazy games, and it seems like every NFL week is just like this. Uh, ben, any thoughts, any takeaways you want to you know, bring on here before we get to our, our little power ranking halfway through the season session? Yeah, I was feeling good about my prediction last week of the Rams winning, and the, the Titans totally uh, embarrassed me there. Even without Derrick Henry, the Titans looked really good. Um, so I don't know. I, I've said before, I don't know if I'm a huge believer in the Titans. We'll see. They keep proving me wrong. I'm stubborn, though. I don't. I still don't know if I'm, if I'm a believer yet. Uh, they've given me a lot of reasons to, tell, to show me that they're good. They have a lot of proof, but I don't know. My rankings, well, I think, will give a better idea of what I think about the Titans and other teams as well. So I, I guess we'll kind of just get into it here, our, our top five. I, I guess I'll start, um, and we'll just do our five power ranking, you know, top five power rankings uh, midway with, through the season here. Uh, number one, I'll stick with the Cardinals. Um, I think they've been really, really good. Uh, you know, they're, they're even winning games uh, with, with a lot of key players out. I mean, the 49ers are not really a great team, but uh, healthy this team is going to finish with a very, very high record. Um, I don't know if I'm putting them as my Super Bowl favorite, but in terms of how good they are right now, they got to be at number one. Uh, number two, I'm going to stick with the Rams. I think the Rams are great. Uh, we just got news, big breaking news, that Robert Woods is out for the year. Oh, uh, really? I don't know if you guys, either one of you saw that. Wow. Uh, he tore his ACL in practice yesterday. Wow. Um, so Odell Beckham Jr. addition, which I guess we also didn't really talk about, uh, seems to be really well needed. Yes. Um, I think he's going to thrive in that Rams offense. We're going to see some very good Odell this second half of the season. I'm still putting the Rams at two. The, the uh, addition of Von Miller is going to be absolutely nasty. Number three, I got to go with the Titans. I got to show them some love. I mean, they're beating all these amazing teams, including the Rams. Um, that I just put ahead of them. So number three, I got to stick them there. Number four, I got to put the Packers. With Aaron Rodgers, they're number four. Without Aaron Rodgers, they're more like sixteen. Uh, Rodgers is is uh, you know such such an important uh, piece to that team. And number five will be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the Bucks are a really really good football team. I think they have a very solid shot at winning the Super Bowl. Uh, but as of now, I got to put them at number five. Uh, so Ben, let's go to you. What is your top five here? 
Yeah, um, there's some similarities between between ours as well. I agree with you at number one. I, I got to put the Cardinals um, just because I I really don't have a good reason not to put them at number one. Um, again, do I if I had to put money on a Super Bowl champion right now, I probably wouldn't put pick them. But I think they have a good reason to uh, to believe that they should be considered a Super Bowl favorite at this point. Uh, number two, I got to go with the Rams. Um, even with that Robert Woods news, uh, the you know the addition of Odell, that I think that will be a valuable addition. Um, I still think the Rams are the team to beat um, in the NFC, even, I think, above the Cardinals, who the Cardinals beat them, but I still think the Rams are the team to beat. Um, number three, I got to go Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, again, for you know this, all the reasons that people already know, they got Tom Brady, they got a great receiving core. Uh, Leonard Fournette has proved that he is capable enough to, to not lose them any games, to keep them in, the, in that plus column. Uh, number four... I'm thinking here because I might make a change. I also didn't write these down, so I'm kind of just going off the top of my head. Number four, I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans. I will. I'll give them a little bit of respect. I feel like they deserve to be in my top five. They've beaten some you know, some good teams. They've had some surprising results. Even without Derrick Henry, they seem like they're a good team. Um, the reason why I was hesitant to put them in my top five is because they don't have you know, the best player or one of the best players in the NFL in Derrick Henry. Um, but I, for now, I will keep them in my, in my top five. And then um, number five, I gotta go Green Bay Packers. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers reigning MVP, reigning NFL MVP. Um, you know, Green Bay Packers went to the NFC Championship game last year. I feel like people sometimes forget that. that I mean, they went to the NFC Championship game. They didn't win, but they they were there. They had home field advantage. They're still a good team. Um, so I gotta put Green Bay Packers as number five in my power rankings. I like those rankings, Trevor. I'm excited for whatever hot take you got coming up here. What is your top five? Yeah, so I did this on the basis. So I don't know if you guys were thinking about, like, okay, based on resume, you look at the teams they played recently, who is the best on paper, resume, or the way I did it was simply if the playoffs started today and it's like who's going to win the Super Bowl based on the standings, so whatever the case may be, if the playoffs started today, who's going to win? That's how I did mine. So I I don't know if you guys did it based on that. But that's why okay. mine may be a little No, bit. no, I, I didn't. Because I was going to say, mine would be a little bit different. Okay. Like I, I, I probably have the Bucks a little bit higher and the Titans a little bit lower then. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm going to start off with number one, which is still my number one, has been my number one for uh, six to eight weeks. I know the Robert Woods news, that's not good at all. I mean, he's very important to them. He's their, you know, their number two wide receiver. So that's definitely a big hit um, to them. But I still don't know if that's n- enough to push them down to number two. I have the Rams at number one still. Um, I know there was a little bit with like, oh, Stafford, you know, the ankle, like how, how bad is that? He said it was really good. He said, you know, it was doing better. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take his word for that. I, I think the Rams, obviously offense, defense, what they are in conjunction, uh, what they have with now Vaughn Miller, OBJ, even though I don't necessarily think OBJ is going to be a huge difference, but maybe it'll be a little and bit he more. He will be now, maybe, now that Woods is hurt. Maybe it'll be a little bit more of a difference now that Woods is hurt. We'll see. Uh, Unless Van Jefferson, I don't know. Maybe Van Jefferson's the number two, but we'll see. Um, I think the Rams are still number one overall. Uh, number two, I'm going with the Bucks. I think the Bucks are number two. Obviously, their main, uh, their main like pitfall is their secondary, right? So like, if they play the Rams again, like I don't see how it's going to be much different. I think the Rams are going to take the, a lot of advantage of their secondary once again. That's a big issue. Yes, they have some receiver injuries. I'm not as concerned about the receiver injuries. I think their offense is still, um, if not the best in the NFL, one of the top two or three. 
Uh, very good. Brady's been awesome this season. Not concerned about the Saints' loss really at all, to be honest. In fact, I wasn't surprised that they lost to the Saints. I think they're just like a kind of a kryptonite, I guess, in a sense, for Tom Brady. Uh, number three, I had the Arizona Cardinals. I had to had to put them up there somewhere. Um, and I think three is reasonable. I think it's a good balance between like, okay, yes, it's not like this team has like past playoff success. It's not like uh, like, like Kyler Murray's still super young. He hasn't really had an opportunity to prove it like in the playoffs yet, but I still think what they have on their you know offense defense, I still think they're solid enough to be number three. And Cliff Kingsbury has not lost them a game this year, so that's good. He's been done a pretty good job. Um, so Cardinals are number three. Number four, I have the Buffalo Bills. Um, to me, I know they just lost the Jaguars, but for me, if the playoffs started today, tomorrow, whatever, I think they're the most trustworthy team in the AFC. With Josh Allen, with with the offense they had, they have even though it wasn't good last week, and their defense is still one of the best in the NFL. Um, so I think the Bills are number four, and then number five, I did round it out with the Titans. Um, this one I'm not super confident in uh, because they don't have Derrick Henry, right? So it's like without Derrick Henry, should they really be number five ahead of like the Packers, ahead of the Cowboys, ahead of I don't know. I could point out. Um, I, I don't know who else I'd point out in the AFC, to be honest, but maybe the Packers or the Cowboys, you could argue ahead of the Titans here. But I want the Titans. Uh, you know, they've beaten, obviously, some really good teams here in the past few weeks. I think they at least deserve that respect. And Ryan Tannehill has done a pretty good job overall. Um, and their defense has looked better, you know. Their defense was a big problem last year. Their defense has been a lot better this year. So I put the Titans at number five. Interesting. I'm surprised you left the, uh, the Packers out. Uh, but, you know, let's we, we digress and move on. Let's look forward to this coming Sunday. Uh, quickly talk about some games that we're excited for. Uh, ben, what, what, what game are you most excited for? Oh, man, I, I, I think there's some good games. I'm actually very excited for this Browns-Patriots game. Um, I am, mm-hmm. and obviously Nick Chubb's not there, but I, I'm excited because the, the Patriots, you know, they had a, a rough start to the year, but now it seems like they're they're a pretty decent team at the very least. Um, and, and the Browns have played better recently as well. So I think similar, kind of similar stories in terms of beginning of the year, eh, not looking too great. They've, both teams have kind of come along these last couple weeks. I'm very excited to see um, how these teams match up in, in Foxborough. Obviously, again, no Nick Chubb. I would have liked to see the Browns at you know full strength, at least to an extent. So when they lose, I don't have to hear Browns fans give the excuse of, well, Nick Chubb isn't playing. But I'm excited for that game. I do think it's going to be a wonderful game. Yeah, I, I would have said that game. I mean, the other game that that's probably the game of the week, in my opinion. I I, it, I think it's a really good test for the Browns. Uh, the, the Patriots look pretty solid. Uh, definitely, I I underestimated them for sure. I I'll be the first to admit that. I mean, uh, I think the next game that'll be really good is the Chiefs and Raiders. You know, really, how good are the Chiefs, or how or how good are the Raiders, and how bad are the Chiefs? You know, if this game is a blow up by the Raiders, that's a very defining game for the Chiefs. Uh, I think the Raiders are a good team, but not a great one. You know, they're definitely not a top five. They argue, you could argue they're not even a top ten team. They're probably right on that, that border there. Chiefs losing to that type of team is not really a good loss. You know, beating that type of team, though, does that propel them back up to some status and give them that boost that they need? Uh, Trevor, any game that you're excited for here? Yeah, I would definitely be excited for Seahawks-Packers if Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers both play. I don't necessarily know if they will. Um, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll have to see. But if they both play... To me, that's definitely the best game of the week, and I'm super excited for Seahawks-Packers. Um, but if that if not, then yeah. I agree with you. Uh, Chiefs-Raiders is super intriguing. I just, I mean, I always love watching the Chiefs, but I really love watching this version of the Chiefs because it's it's very different. It's like you don't 
necessarily know what you're going to get. They're going to look bad at certain times. And then every once in a while, you'll see the, you know, the old, you know, Mahomes, deep bomb, Tyree kill, stuff like that. So the watching the Chiefs, uh, I mean, they're probably the most interesting team in the NFL, like just because of, you know, the good and the, the hot and cold and how they haven't looked like themselves. So let's get to our predictions to kind of wrap up the episode here today. I will start off with mine. I'm doing Steelers and Lions. As, as these two dudes say, the classic Brandon pick, uh, the terrible Lions against a, a pretty solid Steelers team. I got the Steelers by 10 points in this game. I need to get a W on in the win column here. Uh, ben, what's your prediction for this week? Yeah, I'm taking the Brandon Siegel route again. I'm picking the biggest spread I can find. Bills, Jets. Bat, it's going to be a rough one to be the Jets tomorrow because the Bills are not happy after after their uh, performance last week. I think the Bills will win by hmm, – I haven't even thought of a number yet. I'm just going to do this off the top of my head. Let's go. Lines 12.5. I think the Bills will cover. I will say Bills by 16. 15. Changing it. 15. Bills by 15. That's my guess. Interesting. Or prediction, Interesting. not a guess. It's a prediction. Sorry. Trevor, what do you think? All right. So I'm going with the Cowboys-Falcons game. I think uh, the Cowboys will bounce back. Um, I think they will beat the Falcons by seven. I, I think there could be a, a decent lead for the Cowboys, but you know Matt Ryan. Uh, you know I think I heard on a podcast where they called him like garbage time Matt Ryan, or like he thrives in the garbage time after his team's already going to lose. Um, that's what Matt Ryan tends to do. So I think they might be down fourteen. Matt Ryan gets a cheap touchdown at the end, and the Cowboys win by seven. Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting uh, predictions from you guys. But I think we'll wrap up the pod there for today. Thank you all so much for listening. This one was a little bit of a long one, but it's got to be an enjoyable one. We got the NBA insight, college basketball insight, college football, uh, you know, NFL Everything. football. We got all of it in here. Um, but uh, with that being said, thank you all so much for you guys listening to today's episode. Of course, subscribe to the podcast. Leave that five-star review if you enjoyed it. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the small baller or click the link in the description so you keep up to date when all of our podcasts go live. But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening to today's episode, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons!